Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? Good. Yeah? Yep, doing good. That's good. Mm-hmm. Glad to hear. Yeah. I, uh, I would say I woke up on the right side of the bed today. Ooh. Yeah. Which is always nice when you, you wake up and you're feeling kind of good. And I wouldn't say I jumped out of bed, but I was, you know, I felt refreshed and got out of bed and wasn't a struggle. And, uh, do you, do you usually feel, how do you feel getting out of bed usually? Like pretty groggy and sluggish, pretty good. You know, um, good. Okay. I have this weird thing where I, sometimes the way I think determines how I feel. Um, what? <laughs> I don't like getting up early. I really don't like it. And I think because I don't like it, sometimes when I wake up, I, I yeah. feel like I'm not awake or I yeah. tell myself certain things that maybe aren't as true as they actually are. Because today I got up and did a 5 a.m. workout. 5 a.m. workout? 5 a.m. And I felt great. And I wow. still feel great. And and there's part of me that's like, eh, maybe there's a lot of mental to this early morning shit (laughs) (laughs) well i think it's one of those i think it's one of those both things because it's actually unlike a lot of the things within kind of human psychology that people maybe over ascribe genetic influences to Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. one thing that is very genetically controlled is your um your chronotype your predisposition to be either sort of a night owl or a lark Mm -hmm, right that mm -hmm. is very set in stone that doesn't mean you can't get up early, even if you're right, right. Now, right? Like you means your tendency but, is to, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think it's a good example of how that can be the case. You can be not particularly a morning person, but depending on sort of how you think about things and what you end up doing, you can basically override that and, and end up feeling just fine. Is that right? So, so even if you're a lark or a, a night owl, um, uh, behaving contrary to that kind of inclination isn't going to result in any catat- catastrophic kind of oh, well, physical I mean, or emotional or, or mental kind of I think my point performance is kind of issue. Like, um, it, at different point, like if you consistently were trying to wake up every single morning at 4 a.m. and you're a pretty significant night owl, like I don't know if that's going to go that probably super well. last yeah. very long, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but you can do it, and I think it's important to understand that yeah. like, you're not completely confined oh, yeah, yeah. by that by yeah. that stuff, right? Um, I'm usually pretty streaky. There'll be moments where it's like super, yeah. you know, months go by and I'm early, and then mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yep. Um, speaking of that, though, which um, I'm wondering if waking up on the right side of the bed is an idiom, or if it's just a play on a real idiom of waking up on the wrong side of the bed. I don't know. Do you literally wake up on the left or right side of your bed? The right. Stage right or I'm f- I'm at the foot of your bed looking at your bed. <laughs> That's the creepiest thought. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to Um you're, you're lying in As I'm laying there, looking up I'm the on ceiling. the I'm on my right. Okay, so yeah. you, you roll out you roll out on the right your mm-hmm. right side of the bed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's why you felt good this morning. I, I, I get up on the right side of the bed too. There, there you go. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> Good lord, dad. Dad jokes at eleven thirty a.m. What are we talking about today? <laughs> this well, is a ironically to enough, ironically enough, um, often with anxiety or clients with anxiety, there is this uh, behavior that that is present where people kind of say they just wake up with a lot of dread. Morning like they're dread. as soon as their eyes open, they're anxious. 
and they're running through the list of calamities that are going to happen that day and what they're going to do around that or potentially what what they're going to do around that if they calamities do happen mm-hmm. and um but they but they talk about it in session um as as extremely distressful you know yeah. that they wake up and they are the the alarm is going off in their yeah. head um and i think too i sometimes it's the case that people wake up like actively worrying about things but and you can tell me what your experience is but more often in my experience when people talk about this problem i think the word dread comes up a lot because it's it's a little bit more of this diffuse um non-specific sort of like yeah it's it's this anxiety about the future but it's not always specific it's not always clear exactly what they're worried about mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right it's it's mm-hmm. this yeah, a more generalized kind of anxiety or, or fear or, or dread. Yeah, kind dread of, makes me think there's yeah anticipatory kind of, I don't want to do this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, this is awful. Yeah, yeah as, as opposed to like, you know, well, I only got three hours of sleep last night and like I'm really worried about how the day is going to go. Oh, right? I see what you're saying. It's not yeah. this like specific, I'm worried mm-hmm. about this one thing. When people talk about morning dread, I think it's more often this more generalized phenomenon. Okay, okay, yeah. All right. Um, so how do you, how do you handle this? Like someone comes into your office and says, yeah, I'm just, I just wake up. The first thing I feel is like anxiety. I'm just, I feel this kind of like disease or fear as soon as I wake up. How do you, how would you respond to that? Man, I, you know, I start cognitively a lot and, 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 and as a behaviorist too, I'm looking for patterns. Like what, if, what are you telling yourself as soon as you wake up in the morning? You know, what, what kind of a thought process are you having? And even if it's not to specific kind of, um, events that might happen that day, there probably is some kind of thought around, oh God, not this again. Or there's some kind of thought process I would think that's being generated there, even though it's really fast when you're waking yeah. up. Well, and, th- and this gets at the what's called the principle of cognitive mediation, which mm-hmm, is that mm-hmm. you you literally, you cannot have an emotion without having some sort of thought first. So between stimulus and emotional reaction there's some sort of some sort of cognitive yeah. activity right some sort of interpretive thinking something yeah yeah right? I, I think that could be kind of exacerbated here by people with like high trait anxiety though right you could be really kind mm-hmm. of high trait anxiety that kind of predisposes you to those moments uh, but I agree that there's there's some kind of appraisal being made now, that, but, that, that is causing that feeling but the hard thing there I've found is that People vary widely in their their kind of mental awareness, their awareness of what they're thinking, mm-hmm. which is very understandable because thoughts can be very automatic, very fast, right, and very subtle. So being aware of what you're thinking is not at all like an easy task or something that is... So I think a lot of people will say, at least when I ask them, I'll say, well, I'll do the same as you. That's usually mm-hmm. my first approach. Well, what were you thinking when you first got to bed? And they'll say, oh, nothing. I nothing. just woke up anxious, yeah, yeah. right? And almost always in my experience, if you can train people to get better at, at thinking about their thinking or being mm-hmm. aware of what mm-hmm. they're thinking, there are these like very quick but subtle kind of forms of thinking or self-talk or, or kind of worry about like, you know, what the day is going to be like. Um, another common one that I, I found is that the thing that often initially triggers this early morning anxiety or dread is some sort of a what, uh, what's called a proprioception, which is a 
you're thinking about how you feel, how your body feels. Mm -hmm. Something like it's my stomach feels tight, right? Or my head's kind of like fuzzy or like a tingling in my toes or like something like that, right? Yeah. And a lot of people assume because it's a thought about your body, they don't really classify it as like a thought. It doesn't seem super cognitive. It's just a, right. I'm just thinking about my body. But that is almost always, that is very frequently going on that, that sort of triggers that initial anxiety is people feel something that, that is like, off or funny in their body and then that's the cat that's the trigger for worry about oh my god what's going on with my body and then pretty soon you're worrying about like your work and you're worrying about are you able to drop your kids off on time you're just worried about everything yeah. right but the trigger often is something about th this interpretation of something's off with my body which i always like to say like, remember remember back in the the 90s and early 2000s when you like would hit the power button on your computer and it would boot up mm -hmm. it would make, make this like weird there'll be mm -hmm. like these like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like weird noises and lights are yeah. flashing and like wow what's going on in there well your computer's booting up it's like warming up right yeah. so like your body kind of has to do that when you come out of sleep too yeah. like uh, they, it's they a strange time to start appraising your bodily totally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have some weird feelings going on when you're when you're coming out of unconsciousness yeah like your your body and mind are literally booting up yeah. in a lot of ways you're going to have some funky feelings yeah, that, going that, on that would be a strange time to like appraise well i think also there's a habit of um not even those appraisals but also am i anxious am i feeling oh, that yeah. thing and and yes. it's like so they're they're also you know really hyper vigilant about the way they feel, and and they're but but to, to beat a dead horse so to speak, um, you're, you're right. There are thoughts that you're kind of just explicitly aware of that you're that you're having, but there is a river of other appraisals you're making that are you are able to kind of take note of, mm -hmm. but they happen subtly and fast and quick and and. Um, you're right. I think drawing people's attention to this kind of thought process and this pattern is an essential part of kind of helping them understand that, man, when you wake up and your, your automatic first appraisal is my back is stiff and this is, you know, this is going to be a horrible day and oh man, this is happening again and I'm anxious again. And I hate this and I wake up like this every day. All of those thoughts have an emotional price tag affixed to them that you're about to pay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think of this as um, the metaphor I like to use for this, for thinking about different sort of levels of, of awareness of your thoughts are if you're out on a boat, like on a lake, let's say you're out like on a fishing boat or on a speedboat or something, and you're just kind of hanging out, maybe you're fishing, maybe you're just talking to a buddy or something, um, and, and you're kind of vaguely aware of the water. You're aware of the surface of the water. You're probably not very aware of like that little bass that's swimming like one foot from the, from the top of the water. Right. right? You're not going to notice that because it's kind of opaque. But if you were to literally lean over the edge of your boat, put on your polarized sunglasses, and look carefully, right. you could actually see stuff that's within, I don't know, 5, 10 feet of the surface of the water. Right? Right. It would right. be hard, and it might yeah. be a little bit murky, but you can do it if you really pay attention. Sure, sure. But if you're not paying attention, you're going to be totally oblivious. And you're just going to see the water on the yeah. surface. Yeah. And, and then there's the stuff that's like 100 feet down that you just can't see no matter what. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that's a useful metaphor for thinking about our thoughts. There's some mental activity you're just never going to see. Right. That's the super deep stuff. Yeah. There's some stuff that's super obvious. If a fish literally jumps out of the water into your boat, like you're going to notice it. Right. It's not hard. Most of it, though, is in that level of like one foot under the surface where if you're really aware and paying attention, you can catch it and yeah. you can see it. And if you do, when it comes to this morning dread, you're actually going to learn a lot about why you're anxious. Mm -hmm. Arguably, that's the only way to figure out what you're actually anxious about is by in, 
interpreting those automatic interpretations or self-talk. Right. Figuring out like, oh yeah, you know what? When I really get good at paying attention to my thoughts first thing in the morning, I'm, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking about my body all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I'm thinking about work all the time. Like my mind goes right to these like projects I yep. have and how overwhelmed I am. And like, yeah. so mo to me, morning dread is always symptomatic of, of something else. Right. Right. Some type of um, catastrophic thought pattern that's happening and uh, you may not be totally aware of it or just a hypervigilance to how you feel either physically or emotionally. You open yeah. your eyes and you're like, oh my, am, am I anxious again? Is this going to happen again? And right. you're right in it again. Or, oh no, my back is you know hurting or I can't breathe really well or yeah. panic sets in, whatever it is. But there's something that happens in that moment. The other thing I see a lot too is a understandable confusion between what I would call stress versus anxiety. Mm -hmm. So to me, if, if, you know, in, in generic terms, a, a stressor is a thing in the world, right? So like you're hiking and a bear jumps out in front of you, right? That, there's your stressor, right? Mm -hmm. You go, oh my God, a bear, there's your thought, right? You feel anxious, right? And you, like your muscles tense, your heart rate increases, mm -hmm. right? So that last part, the physical reaction, that, that's a stress response, right? And that is actually different than an emotion. Right. It often goes along with an emotion. So I, I, this distinction is really important because I think a lot of people wake up physically stressed. They're not necessarily anxious, but they wake up, be, whether it's like they literally just like slept on their arm funny and their arm like aches, or they just didn't get, get enough sleep. And so they, they feel kind of like their head, they got like kind of like a little headache mm -hmm. or something. Or mm -hmm. um, what, There's a million and one things that can make you feel weird when you first wake yeah. up, like we talked about. But if you just assume that, that feeling stressed means you're anxious, well, now you're going to start worrying about anxious, being anxious and you create this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah. So one of the best things you can do is learn to distinguish, okay, I feel, like I feel bad, bad physically, but, I, but I'm, maybe I'm not actually anxious about anything. Or maybe nothing's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing's wrong, which is going to lead to you feeling both physically and emotionally better, probably. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, th th I don't know if you see that, but that, that's another thing that I don't think that is morning dread. I think it masquerades as, yeah. more, and then can actually turn into more anxiety because of that, that worry about worrying thing. I think you're right. There is a morning dread of just this waking up with this feeling, this anticipatory, like, Oh God, kind of feeling. Um, but, but I, I do see it as well where people kind of wake up and start um, accounting for all the shit that's going to go wrong that day, you know, or it's like, Oh, I got to do that. And if I don't do this, it's going to, that's going to fall apart. Yeah. And that's going to fall apart. And I've got to be over here and I've got to be over there. And pretty soon it's like every day I wake up with a lot of anxiety. Yes. You're like, well, your, your morning routine is basically guaranteeing that. Right. And that, that's where it really does become automatic because if, if you do, if you run through your to-do list, it's a habit. first thing when you, yeah, you turn it into a habit. So it becomes automatic, right? Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's conditioning, right? Yeah. Just like if you wake up every morning and start scrolling through all the awful things that are happening on Facebook, like you're going to start waking up stressed, <laughs> right, like worrying, right. right? I had a client who told me that um, every day struggle with anxiety. I asked him what the pattern was. Um, and there was a meditation, uh, uh, like a 15, 20 minute meditation time in there. Okay. And I said, oh, well, interesting. What kind of meditation do you do? He said, well, I usually spend that time worrying about what's going to happen that day. <laughs> So even worry the, meditation, even the I worry, like it. <laughs> yeah. Usually, what I end up doing is counting the list of things that I need to do and how they're not going to go well, you know. And yeah, <laughs> I had a client like that actually who 
they were having morning anxiety. And it's funny, it's just, it's almost like that. The, the source of their anxiety though was worrying about and or feeling guilty about not meditating. Oh, they wow. had set this goal of like, first thing in the morning, I'm going to start meditating. Right? Yeah. And they would wake up worrying about meditating, right? And feeling guilty about like, oh God, I haven't done it in the last few days and I really need to do it now, but I don't feel like it. And like, and there, there it was. So, yeah. You know, worry is such an interesting thought pattern that gives you nothing but anxiety. Right, but the trick is, it it's so close to problem solving. That's the problem, right? It's right? so alluring because it, it, it feels kind of um, realistic. You know, I did set that goal. I'm not doing yep. it. What's wrong with me for not doing it? Whatever right. it is. It seems like you're thinking about a situation that you're involved in, but at the end of that 20-minute worry session, you've got nothing, and you just feel awful. Yeah. Yeah, it's really well, interesting. That, I, I think in some ways one of my favorite definitions of worry is it's unproductive problem solving. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it literally is problem solving. Yeah. It just is applied to something that's not a problem or a problem you can't solve, right? So it's like if, if you have a hammer, right? You're doing work around the house, right? Mm -hmm. And you got to put a screw in the wall and you start hammering the screw with your hammer, you're going to make a huge mess. Right. And right. like, it's going to be a disaster, right? Yeah. However, if you need to nail like, a, you know, a nail for a picture frame, you Perfect. use a hammer. Perfect. Right? Yeah. It's the same thing, right? It's yeah. still a hammer, but how and when you use it makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of problem solving for stuff that hasn't happened, may never happen, mm -hmm. and is likely out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's really interesting. Yep. So I think in terms of like what do you do if you experience morning drive, we've kind of mm -hmm. hit the, the mm -hmm. first big one I think is really try to start to be aware of your thoughts right. first thing in the morning. And this is hard. It's going to take practice, mm -hmm. right? But those thoughts are going to give you clues about what you're actually anxious about, mm -hmm. right? And if it is a thought pattern or you're, you're noticing certain things, that, you know, that, that, wow, the first thing I do is I wake up and I reference, you know, how my back feels or how my arm feels or how um, spacey I feel. Yep. Um, there's, your, there's your habit to, to rotate, right? Where it's like, oh, how do I start a different line of thought when I first wake right. up? Right. Or, or, or even if I have that thought, how do I quickly move my attentional awareness to some other Something line else. of thought that's going to be a little bit more productive yep. and hopefully establish a better, more functional thought pattern for yourself? Yep. Um, and, and allow for yourself to, to, to struggle with that process a little right. bit too because you can't control sometimes what, pop, what pops into your head. Yes. Um, but you do get to control what you stare at. So. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the other thing I've found that, that's pretty helpful with situations like this is a lot of people do genuinely just have very stressful days mm -hmm. in general. Their job is really stressful. And in particular, like their mornings are really stressful. They're just kind of harried and like running around. Kids and, like, running getting around. Kids get, and trying to yeah. get ready and they're mm -hmm. late. And, like, mm -hmm. and one of the things that I really recommend is if you can try, really try and prioritize building in some period, even if it's relatively short, of enjoyment relatively early in the morning. Yeah. If you can go to bed 10, like 10 to 15 minutes earlier, get up 10 to 15 minutes earlier, same amount of sleep, and give yourself 15 minutes to make a cup of coffee and sit down and like read the paper or meditate or not worry meditation, normal meditation. Yeah. <laughs> or just do something, sit on your balcony and like look at the sunrise. Yeah. For 10 minutes. And that's ideal. I think I usually start with when you go into your shower, can you play your favorite song? Yeah. Can yeah, you, right. Can you do something pleasant to start to alter this pattern that you've got? 
Um, and can you focus on the song rather than engage in your worry habit, right. right? Can you can you practice shifting your attention from your worry to the song that you're enjoying um, to practice that attentional awareness as well? So those are all good, but I, I have to I have to admit I have I'm hoarding a miracle cure for morning dread that we haven't talked about. Well, Dr. Wignall. Not only is it a miracle cure, it's a quick fix too. It's incredibly easy. It's incredibly fast. Let's have it. Do. Let's have it's it. It's cheap. You don't have to pay anything. It's you totally sure free. you want to say this on a podcast that goes I out know, free I to the world? probably be charging for this. You want to patent but... it? Can you, is it something you can patent? Go ahead and let's go ahead and share it. I'm not even joking though. What, this advice that I'm going to share with you, when people actually follow through with it, I have never not seen it completely get rid of morning dread. Salivating. Let's go. <laughs> Stop sleeping in. Oh. The instant you wake up, get right out of bed. Get out of bed. Just get right out of bed. And you can, there's all sorts of ways you can do this. You can set your alarm on the other side of the room. You can, whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I have, when I, when I've recommended this and people have followed through with this, I have never seen it not work. As far as breaking that kind of yes, morning dread. the morning dread. Experience. And if you think about it, like, it makes sense. If the instant you wake up, you literally just get out of bed you don't have time to start worrying. Or you're not worrying. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And if you can get, because the, the problem with the worry is it snowballs, right? You do a little worrying, mm-hmm. leads to like a little bit more worrying. And within the span of like five seconds, your worry is now like an avalanche, right? Mm-hmm. So that when you do get out of bed, it's even hard if you listen to your favorite song in the shower. It's hard if you give yourself 15 mm-hmm. minutes. It's still hard because you've that worry has spiraled, right? You've but built it up. Yeah. If you short circuit that in the first five seconds of waking up and just get right out of bed, you, you, you short circuit it. It doesn't have time to build up. I virtually guarantee it will. Now it's not the easiest thing to do in the world. (laughs) Just literally get right out of bed. No snoozing at all. But if this is a really big problem for you, I would really recommend at least trying this first. Well, I can see how this works too because you're kind of um, maybe classically conditioned to these cues or like totally. waking up in bed, sitting there, ruminating. So disrupting those signals or that stimulus control, and that's, that's interesting. The, that's the thing that happens with this. Okay. After people do this for a while, a couple of weeks maybe, you can go back to sleeping in and snoozing a little bit and often you have extinguished that classically mm-hmm. conditioned response. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is as the, the behavioral psychologist in me just absolutely loves this technique. <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to try it. So anyway, that's one that now another little like caveat there. It's, it's predicated on it, this. This is a lot easier to do if you're getting decent sleep. Mm-hmm. If you're sleep deprived, it's really hard to get right out of bed because you're exhausted. And you're not right. going to sleep, right? So if you're getting a solid seven, maybe eight hours of sleep, this is not as hard as it seems actually. Right. And that just getting right out of bed can short circuit this entire morning dread process. Yeah. I like it. It sounds, it, it has some, a lot of face validity here. I'm going to try it. Okay. I'll get back to you. If you like it, you can PayPal me $10 or not. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.